You're glad to be here this morning. Um, a bit wet, but it's always it's rain that makes the lilies grow, huh? We, uh, I, I can't help but think Michael read a prayer and someone asked Billy Graham one time, said, Preacher, do, do you ever read a prayer? And he said, every time I pray. And they said, what? Why is that? He said, because I pray from a list. My memory's not good enough to not read a list. <laughs> and so I, th- I thought that was unique. Um, but people are sometimes critical about reading a prayer, and yet I, I find that uh, I, I always remember whenever someone says, I'm going to read a prayer, what he said. So we uh, describe Easter as our Super Bowl Sunday, so to speak. Um, And typically, Easter Sunday is the Sunday with the highest attendance. Christmas competes some, but but not not really to the extent of what Easter is. And strangely enough, um, it is the one Sunday a year where we talk about the resurrection. Um, And this year, however, they're Counting today, there are six Sundays leading up uh, to Easter, and this morning I'm going to begin a new series titled The Resurrection, The Resurrection, and this morning Christ said, I am the resurrection. Uh, Oddly enough, um, you know, we don't really think about so much the importance of of the resurrection and yet Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 13 or 14 um, if Christ be not risen then our preaching is vain and your faith is vain um, that's the importance he put upon the resurrection if Christianity hinges on something Why should we not know more? Um, The Bible has a lot to say about the resurrection. Um, Christ talked about it um, quite a bit. Really in terms that that they didn't understand. He talked about building the temple back in three days. Uh, And and so when you, you look at what the Bible has to say, a lot of our success in our Christian walk is determined by the resurrection. And so um, I I want to go on this journey and let's go there together for the next few weeks. And I want to begin with a series of questions. And you answer them to yourself. You can answer them out loud in unison. I, I don't really care. But Think about, do you believe that on Easter Sunday, um, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, literally, physically, bodily, rose from the dead, never to die again? Amen. Amen. Um, Do you believe Jesus is now seated at the right hand of God the Father? Amen. Amen. Do you believe that Jesus is truly the resurrection and the life and that he is able to remove the terror of death from those who have trusted him? 
Amen. Do you believe you have the knowledge and enough evidence to prove and to convince your friends, family, and co-workers that Jesus was resurrected and is alive? Amen. Um, see, that, that is sometimes the compelling question. Uh, most of us believe in the resurrection, but we are fearful uh, and, and, and not, not trying nor convincing ourselves enough to, to lead others to the belief that we personally have in the resurrection, even though we know it is the hinge pin of our faith. And so I want to read, it's a rather long passage, you can read along with me, um, because to me it's the clearer, uh, the most clearest of all passages where the Apostle Paul talks uh, about the gospel and the resurrection uh, in a very lengthy passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 22. Please read along with us. Moreover, brethren, and underline this next statement, I declare to you the gospel. People say, well, I believe this is the gospel. I believe that is the gospel. No, this is the gospel because Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said this is what the gospel is. Nothing added to or nothing taken away. I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you which also you received and in which you stand, by which you also are saved. That, that, that's pretty plain, pretty clear. This is how you get saved, by the gospel. If you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believe in vain, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. Wow. That Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he arose again the third day according to the scripture. There's the gospel in a nutshell. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And that he was seen by Cephas and then by the twelve. And after that he was seen, after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater uh, part remain to be present. And some have fallen asleep. And that he was seen by James, and then by all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen by me also. As by one born out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles whom am not worthy to be called an apostle. Why, Paul? Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Boy, we all could stand and say that, amen? By the grace of God, though, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but grace of God, which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preached and so you believed. The, what did he preach? He preached the risen Christ of our hope. 
That's what he preached. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty or in vain, and your faith is also empty or in vain. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. There's the importance of the resurrection. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if in this life only, now he's talking about our resurrection, We have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiful. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Death is our last enemy we really face on this earth. Death is truly the last enemy of the people of God. Those are not my words. Um, That is what the Bible says just three or four verses later in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 26. It simply says the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. We can beat most other enemies but death always wins in the end Hebrews 9:27 says and it is appointed for men once to die if we can put it off uh, we, we 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 try to put death off uh, we try to delay it or deny it uh, but always to no avail. I had another funeral this week. Um, my, it seems like that's four or five in the last few weeks. And what, de- what those teach us is that no one escapes that appointed time. We're all going to die. Um, and, and, and because death is no respecter of persons. And... The truth of the matter is, Lazarus was raised, but he died twice, according to John 11. And Enoch was one that eluded death. It says Enoch was not, for God took him. He was just walking along, boom, he was gone. They didn't know where he went, what happened, he's gone, because God took him home. Uh, And and, uh, was it Elijah that was taken up in a whirlwind? I believe. And, and so we may, we may elude death if the rapture was to take place any moment, which uh, 
Wow, the books right now out on prophecy and what's happening around the world are saying that the rapture is, is definitely the signs of the time, what's happening right now. I, I read uh, uh, an article by uh, not John MacArthur, uh, David Jeremiah this week that says what, what we're seeing in Europe today is a sign of the time that that Christ could come at any moment. And so those that, that believe in the rapture pre-tribulation, which I am of that camp, um, boy, I, I, it, it pays to be ready. You, you better be prepared. You better know in your heart that if you die tomorrow, Christ comes back, that you're going. And, and, and so, but by and large, we all are, have an appointment to face, and that is death. And I heard someone say the other day, Preacher, I believe that, that yeah, that, that, that there, there's going to be a resurrection of our bodies someday, and, and, and I believe that, you know, but it, 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 it's, it's just so hard to comprehend, you know. Grief and mourning, I watched families, I watched my own family, Sorrow, the loneliness, the weeping, all the suffering that, that death causes in this world. Death is definitely the last enemy that all of us face. And to, to, to see those that are, are secure in Christ pass away, many, many are the times that I've stood by the bed when someone takes their last breath and the, the peace on the child of God versus the peace of the one that doesn't know Christ, you can see the difference. You can see the difference. And, uh, you know, we, we, when it, it's just, wow, it, it's the reality of that's someone's last breath. And they walk from the presence of being with us into the presence of God. You know, I, I, every time I think of, of a resurrection or I think of death, I, I think of Martha's, uh, what she stated about her brother Lazarus and, and her, the strength of her faith in Christ. And she said, Lord, if you had been there, what? My brother would not have died. And uh, there's a strange combination of sorrow and huge faith in those words. Uh, you know, if you had been there, <laughs> how many of us has uttered those words? You know, Lord, if, 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 if Jesus, if you had been there, my marriage you know, would have been saved. Jesus, if you had been there, our family would still be together. Jesus, if you had been there, my child would not be deceased. My sister would not have died. My brother, my mom, my dad would still be alive. We utter those words too. And, and yet, it does not resonate with us or as it did not even occur to, to, to Martha 
You know, it didn't occur to her. Jesus um, <laughs> could have raised Lazarus right then before, you know, he wouldn't have, he didn't have to die. And, and so Lazarus, right then and there, at the, at the point that he was sick before they put him and wrapped him and put him in a tomb, he was there. And so it is against that backdrop, though, when we talk about Jesus and, and Lazarus' condition and what Jesus stated to Martha, those famous words that have been quoted, uh, I quoted it every, uh, every graveside. When I go to the committal of ashes to ashes and earth to earth, I, it's been read millions of times as what Jesus stated. And it's what, and it's when Jesus is associated with death, there's life. <laughs> there's life. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. John eleven twenty five and 26 says, He who believes in me, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And who Ever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He, he asked that question. That's why I asked that question. Do you believe in the resurrection? Because the truth of the matter is, these words of Christ in that passage have given hope to the people of God for over 2,000 years. We quote them because they express the full essence of our faith in Christ and the power of his resurrection. Not that Lazarus was going to rise. He's going to die again. But bless God, we're going to rise someday. We're going to be resurrected from the dead. Our bodies are. We'll have a glorified body. But our soul is to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord when we take our last breath. And yet, in that verse, Christ seems to contradict himself. Jesus, in, in the, the matter of death, you know, he said, He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And he who lives and believes in me shall never die, but we do. So what, what is that? He's talking about a resurrection someday when he returns. And, and yet they didn't understand. He doesn't say, I bring resurrection and life. He says, I am. I am resurrection and life. And we need to take notice to that. In the presence of Jesus, when death is no longer death, and Paul states later, death has lost its thing and the grave has lost its victory. How is that? Because death is transformed by Jesus himself. Hallelujah. You look from that perspective, the answer is not, to death is not just a resurrection the answer to death is Christ himself. 
I am the resurrection and the life. No one can ever escape death unless he is related to Jesus through personal faith by putting their trust in him. And that is why that Paul told us the gospel in this passage specifically and then moves to the resurrection of Christ and its power and the resurrection of us and the power of Christ's resurrection. Because it's only in our faith And that's why he states that the resurrection is so important or it's why it is the resurrection is so important. And he said, if Christ be not risen, then your faith is vain. We're we're stupid for being here this morning if we don't believe in the resurrection and Christ was not raised. I mean, this is we'd be just as well off sitting at home on our couch or, or going to a bingo hall. If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is vain. I'm a fool. And your faith is vain. You're a fool. But he who believes in me will live even though he dies. What's he speaking about? Eternal life. See, because death when it's equated with those that have never put their faith and trust in Christ, is always equated to punishment, to hell. It says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. You think about that. You don't hear much about hell anymore. You don't hear much about death. And the souls of those, our loved ones, our friends and family that have not put their faith in Christ are going to spend eternity in hell whether you believe it or not. And just as there's a heaven and a second uh, or a resurrection of the dead, there's also a hell where our loved ones, our friends, our family are going to spend eternity. When you die, you live in one or the other. We want to we want to sugarcoat that. We want to only talk about those of us that have put our faith in trust in Christ, and yet those sitting here this morning, take this for a fact: you will spend eternity in the fire, where the fire dies not, and the worm is not quenched, or the fire is not quenched, and the worm dies not. Amen. Hell is a literal place; it's not an afterthought of some preacher. It's in this book. He who believes in me will will live even though he dies. It's not a contradiction. It is Jesus personally explaining eternal life. Giving you, the sitting here this morning, the opportunity to put your faith and trust in Christ. Death is not the end, is what he is saying. We are not saying goodbye forever when we bury our loved ones. If they have trusted Christ, we will see them again in heaven. You can fake your religion most every day. 
But you can't fake it when it comes to stare death cold in the face. Because your belief in the resurrection of Christ makes all the difference in the world. I've witnessed to many a hard-nosed sinners, 80 or 90 years old, that have never put their faith in trust in Christ. They, they've made every excuse to their loved ones through the years, uh, every, made up everything in the world as to not to believe or not to get saved. They've talked about being atheist and agnostic and everything else, but when they stare death in the face at that age, it becomes a reality. When they're staring death in the face and they know they may step into the presence of Almighty God and be cast into hell, they think otherwise. They make no excuse at that time because it's in the darkest of times that I've seen the light of the resurrection morning shine on the hardest men and women. I was, <laughs> God have bless Don here this morning. I was told, don't you go see Don Reed. He's, he's hard. He'll throw you out of the room. Went and visited him in the hospital and wow, I, I didn't see any difference in him and anybody else. I'll never forget sitting on their living room couch and the sister sitting there off to one side praying and Don sweetly trusted Christ. I'll never forget going to see George Cremines. Hardest, cold hardest individual. He, man oh man was he hard. But he was, thought he was dying. And when I got there that day, he, he, he was in the heart cath lab and he'd just come out and was in the, in, I didn't get there before they'd taken him back. And uh, I had just walked in and he was in that waiting area where they, they put, you know, it's just like a sheet around you. They've got four or five people that's come out of the heart cath. And we're standing there talking. The first thing I know, the sheet had the sheet had started getting red and where they put that sheath in his leg it was bleeding and the longer I stood there the bigger it got and I hollered for a nurse I said hey this you know something's wrong in here and by that time it was running out on the sheet going down the side of the bed and she said you need to get out of here and I said okay I said I'm going to pray for you brother and he said please do and I left, and in about 30 minutes, they cleaned him up and got it stopped, and I went back in. Boy, he got saved just like that then. <laughs> he thought he's a goner. <laughs> One of the, it, you talking about a transformation in somebody's life, it transformed him instantaneously. As long as his health was good, he never missed a Sunday. And his wife was harder than, than he was. 
And yet both of them trusted Christ before they passed away. His own daughter, Tasha, said, I'd have never believed it if, if I didn't see the change in his life. When we start facing death, I don't care how old we are. When we start staring death in the face, it makes a difference. Because we realize we could step into hell with our last breath. They make no excuses at that time. But I've also saw the same light through the tears and the smiles of loved ones after their loved one has trusted Christ. The burden is lifted when their loved one puts their faith in a resurrected Savior. He is the victor over death, hell, and the grave. Paul said to die is gain. David stated, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus told the dying thief, what? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Can you imagine what it was like to be there when Jairus' daughter or Lazarus was raised from the dead. (laughs) I believe that's the same feeling that we have when the Bible states there is joy in the presence of the angels in heaven over one sinner that trusts Christ. It's the same joy and celebration we have here on a Sunday morning. I don't know what it does to you, but it just overflows when someone standing or sitting here puts their faith and trust in Christ. It's that same joy. Why? Because we know where they're going to spend the rest of their eternal destiny. It switches from death to life at that time. Here is something that that you may not have ever considered. Lazarus was raised from the dead only to die again. Why is the obvious question, why? Why, Lord? The best answer I can ever I can figure that I've ever heard is so that we can know Jesus could and will do it again and again and again. Death, there is no sting. There is victory over the grave. And sometime soon, he will come again. And those of us that are dead in Christ will rise. That trumpet could sound any, any day. So I go back. Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you understand that on Easter Sunday, Christ, the Son of God, physically and literally rose from the dead, never to die again, 
so that you and I, though we die, we will live again. So that when when we take our last breath, we step from this life into the presence of God Almighty. It'll burn in my eyes forevermore. My stepdad laying there thinking any minute could be his last. Prayed all night that he'd make it through the night so I could get there the next morning. They wouldn't let us in. And I went in that next morning and when I asked him, Dave, will you trust Christ? He looked at me knowing he was staring death. I prayed and he asked him to pray and he said, I can't talk. Can't, can't talk. I said, then you repeat it in your heart. And after I prayed, I asked him, I said, did you pray? And he said, yes. The joy that comes over you in that moment. He said, oh, preacher, it ain't that simple. Oh, you're a fool if you believe otherwise. Ninety-nine times in the book of John. I believe, believe, believe. They put their faith and trust in Christ. Your eternal destiny is sealed. Why? How? Because of the power of the resurrected Christ. Let's stand.